We had a great service Wednesday. Dan preached an unbelievable, uh, out-of-the-park, home-run message. It was tremendous. Uh, I, I, I leave here saying, that boy can preach. I tell my wife, that boy can preach. He just, God speaks to him. And we ended the service in such a great way. Um, we decided to value what God values. Say that with me. Value what God values. Anybody think that's a good idea to value what God values? And we decided to value one another. We decided to uh, appreciate one another. We decided to encourage one another by telling one another that they have greatness in them. Say this with me. Say, I have greatness in me. Now, say it like you mean it. You know, say it like, you know, like, say it like you mean it. You know what I mean? I could rap, you know. I have greatness in me. Say it with it. One, two, three. I have greatness in me. And so we applauded one another and we told one another that, they, that we had, both all of us had greatness in us. And so that was, I went home feeling wonderful. I mean, I just went home feeling just, I felt great. Hallelujah. And so what I want to do is I want to do the same thing. I want everybody to stand up. Stand up. You can do that. Stand it up. And if you can't stand up, then someone will come to you. Okay. And I want you to look at someone, turn to someone or there you go. And I want you to applaud them. Come on. Let's applaud them. Oh, you can do better than that. Say it. Say it. I applaud you. I applaud you. And say this, say, I want to value what God values. Now, ready? I want you to say this like you mean it. Say, you have greatness in you. Say it again. Say, you. Now, look, 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 look. Say it with an attitude. Ready? Say, you have greatness in you. Say this. Say, more than Tony the Tiger. All right, hallelujah. God bless you. You can sit down. If you can take notes, just write this one simple statement down, if, if you will. Say this. this. When you understand how much God values you, When you understand how much God values you, the value that God puts on you, then you will understand how important you are to do the work of the kingdom in this world. He values you and you are valuable when it comes to building the kingdom in this world. Dan taught us about the bowl and the salt. You know, every now and then the salt loses its flavor. The worst thing in the world is to come in, in contact with a Christian that's lost their flavor. Have you ever had any of them? They'll have no joy. They don't have peace. The, 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 the grumpiest people in the world are the people who are supposed to be the happiest people in the world. Man, when, when, when you're off your game, you're nasty. 
And sometimes we lose our flavor. The Bible talks about salt that's lost its flavor. And it's good for nothing. And by understanding how valuable you are, how the value that God places on you, you'll get your, you'll get your uh, flavor back again. How many want to get some good aroma going in your life? Holy Ghost aroma. Hallelujah. So I want to turn, if we can, to the book of Ephesians. Now, what you see on the outside is not necessarily what's on the inside. Don't judge me by what you see. God Almighty said, don't judge the outward appearance, but judge the inward, that which is inside of us. I, I might look like a lamb, but on the inside, I'm really a lion. Come on, somebody say amen. Look like I'm not equipped and, and I'm unable, but there's something on the inside of me that equips me well and enables me to do what I need to do. I, uh, anybody remember Paul Newman? Most of you young people don't remember him when he's in film, but you, all you know is he makes salad dressing. But in, in, in the 60s, Paul Newman decided, uh, he used to drive a Volkswagen, and he decided he was going to do something on the inside of that Volkswagen to make it very unique. He had a, uh, a, uh, an engine put in the Volkswagen that was like uh, from an Indy, uh, you know, those cars, Indy cars. Now, it looked like a Volkswagen on the outside, but on the inside, it was a mean machine. And he'd drive away around California and Hollywood and all that, and he'd pull up to a Porsche or pull up to a vet or pull up to a muscle car and roll his window down and say, well, you want to race? And they'd laugh at him. <laughs> there ain't nothing but a Volkswagen. Well, it was a Volkswagen on the inside. But like I said, it was a mean machine on the inside. I mean, on the out, it was a Volkswagen on the outside, but mean machine on the inside. And he'd race them. He wouldn't let anybody look under the hood. They couldn't figure out how he had such a fast Volkswagen. Now, I might look like a Volkswagen on the outside. I'm short, and I'm round. <laughs> but on the inside, woo, hot diggity dog. I'm a giant killer. Come on, someone say amen. You might look like a VW on the outside, but on the inside, you're a Porsche. Turn to somebody and tell me, I'm a Porsche. Don't judge me by the outside. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not qualified. Come on, someone say amen. 
and stop judging yourself by all of those idiosyncrasies that you may or may not have. Your shortcomings. Anybody have any shortcomings around here? You got a few dents? Rusty bumper? Around in some places you shouldn't be around in? But on the inside, we are lean, well-tuned piece of equipment, equipped to win the race. Say that with me. Say, equipped to win the race. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're a winner. Say, I'm a winner. Say, say I'm a winner. Huh? Okay. Hallelujah. Tell mom she's a winner. Hallelujah. She's going to win over this pain. Come on, give God some praise with me. So we're going to take a look under the hood. That's a problem. We forgot who we are. We've been beat up on the outside and we've magnified our faults. But we're going to take some time to look under the hood. We're going to find out what really energizes us and really what gives us value and really what empowers us. The Apostle Paul said this, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. He said, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. So that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. So that you can see that God really has something for you to do. That you have a future. That you have a destiny. That God has a purpose and a plan for you. Now, let me tell you something about you. When God made you, he broke the mold. And nobody can do what God has called you to do. Nobody can take your place. Come on, someone say amen. You are unique. Now, we're glad that there can't be another you. And you're probably double glad that there can't be another me. Don't think that anybody can take your place. So he said that your eyes might be open. That your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he's called you to share. And I want you to realize that God has been made rich because we who are Christ have been given to him. Wow. Paul said, I want you to understand that you have a future, that you have a destiny, that God has a plan for you. 
And then he said, those of you who have been born again, those of you that are in Christ have been given to Christ and have made him wealthy. Christ has been made wealthy because you are born again and you have been given to him. And God considers you to be something of great worth. Say amen. Amen. Now we're going to take a few moments to look under the hood. One, we're going to see how God values us in creation. How he made us. Psalm 139 verse 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Say this with me. Say I am fearfully and wonderfully when he made me. He didn't make no junk. He didn't get a massive protoplasm and throw it up against the wall and then see what slid down. When he made me, he made me with intelligence. He designed me for a purpose. Come on, somebody say amen. When he made me, it was, there was great thought, great intellect, great, you know, great... Uh, um, What's the word I'm looking Creativity. God just didn't just kind of throw me together. No. Like a great architect. He made me and he designed me. He purposely, with great insight, great intellect, he formed me and he fashioned me. Why? I'm pretty sporty. I really am someone. I really am something. As a matter of fact, I I really am something. I'm really all that. I'm all that and then some. Say it with me. Say, I'm all that and then some. Say it again. Say, I'm all that and then some. You really are. You weren't an afterthought. You're not an accident. I don't care how you came into this world. I don't care the circumstances behind how you came into this world. You still, you were not an accident. Come on, give God some praise with me. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. So in creation, we see the value that's been placed on mankind. Know that the Lord is God, the 100th Psalm. It is he who hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. Say that with me. Say we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. We 
his children. We're kin. We're his people. And as the great shepherd, he has made us his sheep. Do you know that you are constantly on his mind? Do you know that he's always thinking about you? Do you know that you are the apple of his eye? You are the subject and the object of his love. He's always thinking about you. You're always on his mind. Hallelujah. We are his people. We are his children. We are children of God. You're not no redheaded. No, I couldn't say that because somebody's got to have red hair in here. You're not a stepchild. Can't say that. You're not a stepchild. No. You're a child of the living God. We're not orphans. We're not throwaways. We're not accidents. We are his children. Come on, give the Lord some praise with me if you do that. He's made us. He's made us his children. We are the sheep of his pasture. But one testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and with honor. Listen to this. I want, to, I want you to see how he values you. He has crowned you with glory and honor. And listen to this. And he set and set him over the works of his hands. When God was looking for someone to take over the works of his hands, he chose me and you. That's how he values us. Now, I, I like things done right. And I drive the people around here crazy. Because when they're doing something, they will see me two or three times that day. I'll come by. And what do I always say? Those of you that work for me, what do I always say to you guys? Huh? Come on, you can say it. You forget. Well, good. You, you, you're going to get punished to another month of working for me. Good job. What do I say? Well, I do that too. Sometimes I call them, you little mabby pambies, let's get back to, no, but it's a joke. I always tell them, good job, looks great, but they really know why I'm there. 
Because I have entrusted him. I've entrusted them to do something. And I do trust them. Don't I? I love these young men. They're wonderful. I trust them. They've done a fantastic. If you haven't been by the site, you cannot believe that these fellows have done. It is unbelievable. It's just beautiful. But God, God has entrusted the work of his hands to me and you. That must mean he really thinks something of us. Come on, someone say amen. amen. And he has crowned us. You know, years ago, ladies used to wear hats to church. Big hats. And, and the more spiritual you were, the bigger your hat was. And if you were really spiritual, of course, you had more than one hat. You might have a whole house full of hats. i never forget, we went to, um, uh, out to T.D. Jakes' place, the Potter's House, and stayed at a hotel there. And they were selling hats. Church, ladies from his church were selling hats in the lobby of the hotel that you could buy your hat before you went to, to the conference. And Lord, they had some hats. Every shape, every color, every size, they had hats. And ain't nobody that can wear a hat like a sister. You know what I'm talking about? They put them hats on and then, woo! You know, huh? You know, one of the white sisters, one of them little white sisters just walking like this. Huh? Afraid it's gonna fall off. But a sister can wear a hat now. Come on, someone, help me out here. When they put that hat on and walk in there, they make a statement. I am here. They can shout, they can dance, they can do the... That hat don't go nowhere. It stays right on their head. But you talk about a hat. Come on, someone, say amen. We have been crowned. That's how much he values us. We have been crowned with honor and with glory. So in creation, he places value on us. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm valuable. I'm worth something. And when you really get this down inside of you, and you decide to be that salt that's poured out of the bowl, you will accomplish the task that you are sent to do. Come on, someone say amen with me. Christ has redeemed us. In creation, he places value on us. And in redemption, he places great value on us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Redemption only takes place when a price is paid. There's a price 
to redeem. There's a price in redemption. And Christ has redeemed us. Turn to someone and tell them, Christ has redeemed me. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. He paid a price for me. Now, value is based on what someone is willing to pay for it. If I convinced Carmen to buy this bottle of water for $10,000 and he bought it, I would have another bottle of water for him tomorrow. <laughs> and give him a deal, only $5,000. <laughs> now, if he sold this bottle of water that he paid $10,000 for, do you think he'd sell it for 99 cents? Why? Because it's worth to him $10,000. Say amen with me. I heard a story years ago about a little boy who built a sailboat. And the sailboat that he built, he was playing with it on a lake, had a little string tied to it. And the wind began to blow, and he was holding it, and it was sailing around, and a frog caught his attention. He, let, he lets go of the string, and he chases after the frog, and he comes back, and he can't find his little boat anywhere. About two weeks later, he's downtown, and he looks into a store, like one of these stores that sell secondhand stuff, and in the window of the store is his little sailboat and he walks in and he says to the man he said um sir he said that's my boat in the window he said i i uh i want my boat the man said well that's not your boat he said yes it's my boat he said well you'll have to buy it buy it he said i made it that's my boat the man said oh it's going to cost you two dollars for that boat he said, I bought it from someone, and you're going to have to buy it from me. So he said, how am I going to come up with $2? He cut the grass. He took out the garbage. He went to all the neighbors and got the Coke bottles. Remember when you could take a Coke bottle back and get five cents or three cents? Remember those days? I was the Coke bottle kid. I had a wagon. I'd go around and collect all the Coke bottles. I was the Coke bottle kid. And so he did all that and he came up with the $2 and he went back to the store and he gave the man the $2. The man sold him the boat. And he's walking out of the store with his boat. And he starts talking to it. He said, little boat. He said, I want you to know you really are mine. I mean, you're really, really mine. He said to the little boat, he said, first, I made you. 
And then I bought you. And now you really belong to me. Well, I want to tell you something. First, he made you. Hallelujah. Come on, someone say amen. First, he made you. And then he bought you. And you really belong to him. Come on and give the Lord some praise with me. But he places value on you through the purchase price of redemption. What is it God Almighty was willing to pay? His only begotten son. That's how much you are worth to God. That's how valuable you are. Through creation, he places value. Through redemption, he places value. Jesus said something. And this is what he said. He said, I am the light of the world. You remember that? He said, I'm the light of the world. And then later on, he turns to his disciples and he said to his disciples, he said, you are the light. He said, I'm light, but now you're light. Remember that? Genesis says this. It said, in the beginning, God made two great lights. Everybody say two great lights. One light to rule over the day. And the second light to rule at night. Now, that light that rules during the day, of course, is the sun. And the second light that rules at night is the moon. Do you know that the moon has no light of its own? None. The light of the moon is the reflection of the sun. Will somebody say amen with me? The moon, the light of the moon, the moon is illuminated based on position. That's why the moon changes. That's why there's a half moon, a quarter moon, a full moon. It's based on position. Now, think about this with me for a moment. The moon has no light of its own. But the light it has is a reflection of the sun. When Jesus said, I am light, and said to his disciples, now your light. He wasn't expecting you to have a light of your own. Because when I look at me, all I am is a Volkswagen. I ain't built to run no race. I got issues. 
But he wasn't expecting the disciples to have a light of their own. He was only asking them to reflect the light in which he was. Come on, give God some praise with me. Now, I want you to notice the light that is the sun, which represents Christ, rules during the day. But there's been a group of people who have been designed and destined to rule over the darkness. And you know who that is? Me and you. I'm not going to run from darkness. I'm going to be the light that shows up in the darkness. Come on, someone say amen. We're not going to shrink back from darkness. We're not going to run from darkness. Darkness and gross darkness is coming upon the earth. But I want to tell you, the church of Jesus Christ is going to stand up and reflect the light of the sun. We have been designed and destined to rule over the darkness. She's excited. values you in the position that he's placed you in. He's placed you in the position so in Christ that you will reflect his glory and his light. And designed you and destined you to rule over the darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't fail when you're that salt that's poured out of the bowl. You are going to bring healing. You are going to bring deliverance. You are going to bring the light of the gospel. And darkness is going to be rebuked. Come on, give God some praise with me. Sister Pritchard taught us a song. I am, remember that song? Somebody. Hi, God. I remember her singing that and waving that fist around. We used to sing her, she who, we used to call her she who, she who leads with the fist. First time we saw a lead worship, she was doing... But she taught us that song, I am somebody. And you are somebody. You're a child of the living God. You're a reflection of the sun, destined to rule in darkness. So this is what I want you to do one more time. We're going to do this one more time. I want you to stand up. We're going to value what God values. Now, don't do it to the same person. Go find someone else. Move around. I want to see you move around a little bit. Go find someone else. Not the same person. It not going to work. Go find somebody else. Okay? I want you to applaud them. 
Come on, do better than that. Say this. Say this to them. You are great. Say this. God has a great purpose for you. Darkness cannot stand when you are around. You are victorious. You are his child. You are crowned with glory and have been entrusted with the work of his hands. All right, applaud them one more time. You are great. Amen. If you don't feel good after that, I don't know what to tell you, but don't anybody leave. I have one more thing we're going to, I just want to mention. I want to honor somebody here. Uh, Miss Carolyn, are you here? Carolyn? Come, Miss Carolyn. Come here real quick. Miss Carolyn, come here. Because we want to honor you for your award. Come on up here. Miss Carolyn Mason, who's on our board and is a commissioner here. She was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award from the NAACP. Give her a hand. And, and Alice Jones. Alice Jones. She got an award the other night. And also Alice Jones received an award. And she received that award for community service, for her service to the community. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Representing she Sam Shields, right? Hey, give them one more hand. We love you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday night.